Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Juno Community Call number six, organized by the Communication SubDAO. Let's take a listen. So let's get the show on the road. Um, ready to Juno Community Call number six. Can't believe it's number six already. Uh, so yeah, this is where we will be providing exclusive updates and information on what's going on in Juno on a bi-weekly basis. I'm happy to have with us today, hardly anybody, um, everyone's at <laughs> Dal Denver, but that's all good. We've got Reese here, um, and a few other familiar faces, uh, we'll just get cracking on anyway. Uh, how are you doing, Reese? I just want to say hello to yourself as you're a speaker. Hey, I'm doing well. You know, I'm excited about the announcement I had earlier yeah. in regards to becoming the development lead on Juno. So, you know, really excited about that. And the future for Juno is extremely bright. So looking forward to the future development as well as, you know, the future, the uh, updates that we have coming up. Absolutely. Soon. And very well done on that. Uh, much, de- much deserved. A round of applause, everybody, for them. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we're, we're, we're lucky to have you, mate. You know, um, I, I, I'm chuffed to bits, and yeah, looking forward to working with you, mate. Um, let's just get into some updates on uh, core team. So, uh, we announced it today, but we did get the date kind of wrong. Sorry about that. It's it's a bit of a mix up with the time zones, but Jake's doing a talk uh, in Denver, uh, all about Dow Dow and all Dow related things. So, please do check it out. I can uh, drop a uh, a link in the description or in the comment section of the Twitter um, journal page there or whatever we want there. Um, it'd be worth listening in and seeing what he's up to over there. Um, so, yeah, Reese, I'm just going to have a little chat with you, mate. Um, development lead now, right? Your role is supposed to, is to like, you know, bootstrap, you know, make it, the upgrades more efficient, make the code better you know, lead us in another direction possibly. Um but I just want to ask you some basics here, right, of like what the what pre requests are for developers to start working on, you know, such as like, you know, software and hardware requirements. Now, I know most people on this call probably already have a good understanding on what's required, but now I think we should start projecting outside Cosmos and to people who are not familiar with the SDK stack and stuff like that. Is there anything that you could maybe point us towards kind of selling a narrative towards developers, mate, you know, if that makes sense? Yeah, so my role now is going to transition more from just straight up development on the SDK side and more making sure to allow other developers to come in. So my focuses will be on development from both the blockchain as well as smart contracts. Uh, helping out Juno infrastructure, where let's make sure that we can handle a significant amount of more requests than we currently have now, uh, allowing for better scripting and, and solving difficult problems for other developers that they will inevitably inevitably run into, and then also drastically increasing the documentation and content uh, for for Juno to to make sure that users that developers understand that this is how you use this feature because there's no sense of creating great features if we don't have the documentation for it. So this is something that Cosmos is really lacked with and that I have as a core focus of mine for this year to ensure that documentation is good. Here's how to use these great pod- these great products that we have in these upcoming updates, as well as future updates that we have that will significantly change how the SDK works itself. So we have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great plans. And for now, every Cosmos chain is kind of just the same. So we want to really expand upon, okay, this is how you how you run on a Cosmos node. Let's get you up very quickly to be able to run on Juno Network permissionlessly. And then from there, we're going to continue to expand to add greater features than any other Cosmos chain has. 
That's amazing. And 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 how can new developers set up a development environment for Google Network? What's your what's the first thing they should be doing? Yep. So there's a couple of different ways. The easiest one is by using Docker. This is most developers know how to use this. You run a single command and it starts up a Juno chain on your local machine, and then you can interact with it via either a command line or via a web app or however you decide that you want to to work on this. So that is the easiest way. That's something I also worked on in the version 13 upgrade where there are now shell scripts out there for people that run Linux and, and Mac OS to just in a simple command, start up a blockchain that will allow you to connect them to peer together. So you can have a multiple node chain locally, as well as you can also change the block time. So in a work environment, you know, well, in a production environment, the average block is roughly six seconds apart. For testing, that's extremely slow. So you're, you're sitting there for a lot of time waiting for these transactions to go through just to realize, oh, I forgot to do this in my script, recompile mm-hmm. it all and start it over again. It takes forever. So uh, in, in the, the scripts that I wrote for version 13, you're able to start up a blockchain with 0.5 second blocks or even faster depending on your needs. So it's extremely snappy, extremely quick and allows you to develop quicker. And no other chain that I know of has these scripts available for users to be able to, to change these timings and things like that. So you know, the goal is to make development as hassle-free as possible on Juno. And we're working towards that. And there's still a lot of work to do, but we're getting in that direction. And thus far, we've had multiple people use that product and they're extremely excited about it. So continuing to work on that and make development easier. Mm-hmm. And 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 just touching on like, where are you in terms of uh, like Uni6, right? We can have moved, well, we upgraded just um, um, uh, recently on the main net upgrade, it just kind of stops the spam proposals. But there was um, something going on between V12 and V13. Is there anything you can just update the community on and keep us up to date where we're at with that? I know you touched on some of it there, but now would be a good opportunity to just clarify where where we're at and what the next steps are. Yeah, so the update last week on mainnet was version 12. I helped lead this update. This was my first mainnet upgrade. Uh, we successfully upgraded with only about seven minutes of downtime. There was a slight issue with one validator who was broadcasting the wrong vote. We're going to increase documentation in the future. Had we not had this issue, we would have only had about three and a half minutes of downtime. So that's where we're kind of scheduling for this next upgrade to be with the better documentation that we're going to be putting forward. This update, it the biggest thing was it actually patched a Cosmwasm exploit that our chain was affected to. Uh, all funds were safe, and we have also upstreamed these these. Uh, the, the issue to other chains such as Chihuahua and Archway and other Cosmosm-based chains, which could have been exploited to actually halt the chain and, and cause downtime. So that, that, that has been patched. That was fixed as a, as a private release to validators at the time of the version 12 upgrade. And then also, as you had mentioned, the 20% minimum deposit requirement, which has so far completely stopped all spam proposals since that update had gone live. So it has been extremely effective. And if we realize that, that, that spam proposals continue to go through, we are happy to increase that in a future update as well to to mitigate that risk. So that was the version 12 upgrade. We have the version 13 upgrade, which is the the big upgrade with a lot of features coming that was previously called V12. And that is currently on Uni6, our testnet. And another release was posted just today to to increase some some of the the versions to the the latest so that we, we have the latest and greatest features on that. This includes fee share, which is 50% of fees will go to DF developers permissionlessly. So you don't have to ask governments, hey, or governance, hey, can we get can we get these fees? By default, you'll just be able to run a single transaction and just auto-subscribe your, your contract to it. Now, this also now includes DAOs, sub-DAOs, and factory contracts. So even if there is no admin to a contract, you can still register a fee share going to that contract. Uh, and anyone's able to do that because there is no admin. So there's a bunch of different logic, and we'll have some good documentation on that in the future. Yeah, and you, you, you've answered my question on. I mean, you touched on it in your your announcement that you're you're working to write contract scripts, docs, and better infrastructure to improve development on Juno, which is fantastic. Um, will you be requiring some assistance from Comsdal on this? I mean, we're happy to help out with the documentation. So yeah, we'll definitely need some work on the documentation, both from like a video form as well as from a like blog post type form. So that'll be important to get into the Juno docs as well as writing documentation about how to use different contracts. For example, uh, yesterday I wrote a, it's a CW20. So that's kind of how most, that's how all coins on Juno currently are is this 
it's like this middleware contract where you have to interact through it to do some function. And it's kind of a pain to deal with. User interfaces don't show it by default. Kepler doesn't show it. You have to manually add it. And this is bad for user experience. So with the token factory, we want to allow a CW20 token, which is this you know slow, cumbersome uh, coin to transition to a native token like you would transact with Juno. You know, you know that you have Juno in your wallet. I'm just going to go send that. Okay, done. So that, that's what we're going to allow any developer to decide to do. And it'll only cost you one Juno to, to create that denomination. And then you can use it however you want. So that was a contract I'm working on. And then part of that is we need to write the documentation on how to actually run this contract and, and set it up so that way that users can swap their CW20 token for the native token efficiently without any you know, security concerns from that aspect. So there's a bunch of different areas that, that need work on that. But yes, the comms DAO will definitely be a play a critical role in ensuring that, that that goes through successfully. Copy that. Um, future ideas. Do you think this is the best way to sell the narrative to new developers? You know, we crack out these documents, make it look really user-friendly, very simple, and then we just, like, what would your idea be on projecting this outside? Because I think we're quite tunnel-visioned here in the Cosmos ecosystem. We're all, like, concerned about what's happening within this ecosystem, but you know, it's it's only like it's fifteen. Cosmos is at rank fifteen, and and something like I was looking at block data, um, for like the most development happening on the chain. You know, so there's there's obviously a wider audience for us to try and reach out to. Is there any future ideas you might have on sort of pushing that narrative out there? Yeah, so I want to bring up, you know, something that I've seen a couple community members talk about is they're worried about competition within Cosmos. And I want to solidify that Cosmos chains that are launching with Cosmosm isn't competition. It's rather proving that Cosmosm is the future of smart contracts. So Juno's actual competition are larger platforms like Ethereum and Polkadot and these other smart contract chains. But the Cosmos stack is a completely different you know, we we don't charge for using these things. We allow it all to be open source and free. So by others launching, such as Archway and Neutron on the hub, these further prove Cosmosm is the way to go. And Juno was the first to market with this. Developers have continued to build on Juno despite the like Prop 16 and other controversial decisions that have gone on chain. And devs continue to want to build here because it is the only platform currently that is a permissionless platform for Cosmosm. It was the first to market. And, you know, documentation is a is a lackluster so far, but even with that, we still have people wanting to build on Juno. So the more that, that we increase documentation and increase the viability to build on Juno, the more developers that are going to very easily switch over into this. So there's a lot of good things coming to Juno, despite the, the rough development experience so far. And it's, it's hard. It's hard times. We're all, I mean, I had a rant on Twitter the other day as well, and, you know, but I'm I'm just being honest. At the end of the day, it, it, the market conditions not great. It's very hard to keep up development when you're when you're struggling to pay people. You know, like it's it's just a tough thing to do. But um, I see a, a hand risen by Sense. And if you want to jump in with a question, buddy, for, go go right ahead, please. Hey guys, thanks for having me. So just just way. check just check your mic there, buddy. I think it's a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, just to double check your mic there. I'm not sure what's going on now. Ah, here you come. So, does it work now? Oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. Ah, yeah. sorry, guys. Loud and clear. So, Sen, are you still there? I think I've lost him a little bit. Not sure what's going on. We're not having a Twitter space ruggers, are we here? <laughs> just still, thumbs up if everybody can still hear me. Um, I can hear you, no problem. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you now. You know, have some cross-chain smart contracts that interact with... I, I, I'm not really hearing what Sen's saying. I'm not sure if anyone else can hear it, but... Yeah, it's just, it's no, just the it first, like he's just first, kicked out. first seconds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Sen, see if you can do something with your connection. I'll continue on with Reese for a minute. Um, so the tools and frameworks that developers should use when working on Juno Network, Cosm Wasm stack, anything you can maybe add to like Golang engineers, anything useful there that we could like 
include into onboarding these um, developers onto Juno you know, and can I, can I, you know, get more development happening on Juno? You know? Yeah, so we really want to move more to a Rust-based Juno rather than the Golang side. I mean, of course, Golang is the the dependency of how the SDK is built itself, but Cosmosm and Rust are so much simpler to write as a as a developer to build an application that does not panic or crash when their user is running it. So the only bugs you can write in Cosmosm, provided you use the tools as intended and don't run unsafe code, which you specifically have to tell it, hey, run this code and it is going to be unsafe. Cosmosm makes those checks for you. And mm -hmm. if you have a bug in, in it, it's entirely logical. So you're able to focus more on actually building out the application rather than having to think through, oh, what happens if this part of the code panics and then it causes funds to be lost or something along those lines is not possible with Cosmosm, which is super awesome. So, you know, DeFi is cool, um, but with other features that are coming in, such as FeeShare, it's going to allow for other apps and games to be brought in and be able to be monetized on Juno. So, you know, focusing on Cosmosm is still the, the sole part of Juno and the core team and other developers that work on the Golang side will build up features that will complement Cosmosm to, to bring more features. Like, like we said with FeeShare, Token Factory, Wasm D30, which has where a smart contract can actually control a normal wallet via off the Z. So you can have like a dollar cost averaging smart contract that a user can interact with via a bot that would automatically dollar cost average their things over time. So these are cool applications that can come up and developers should focus on the Cosmosm side because that is where the the real you know, part of Juno is going to shine through. And then plus with this, we'll have interchain accounts and then IBC as well, so that way you can actually do smart contract chain to chain. So you know, it's, it's leveraging Cosmos to its full potential through smart contracts to allow any user to be able to, to create these applications for their business needs. Excellent, man. Thanks for thanks for filling us in, Reese. Um, Sen, let's give it another go, buddy. Um, let's see if we can hear you. Thanks. How does it work now, guys? Perfect. Yeah, yeah, you're good now. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. So, first of all, um, thanks for having okay. me. I'm Sencom. I'm the CTO of White Whale. And I just wanted to speak up when Reese mentioned, and first of all, congratulations to your new role. And you talked about how, um, you know, Cosmos is this collaborative space and it's not one Cosmos chain against the other, but it's rather, you know, the Cosmos trying to win the, the Cosmos or the, the crypto race. And, and then you continue talking about interchain contracts. And I just want to mention here that two weeks ago, Juno got a little brother, which is called Migaloo. It's a permissionless Cosmosm chain with, you know, the latest IBC, latest Cosmosm with token factory enabled on mainnet. And we are working on doing some IBC intercourse with Juno. So that means some IBC contracts. I think that's very exciting. And I hope um, if there's any excited dev in here, um, try building something not on Juno or on Migaloo, but on both. I think that's really where, you know, things should go and that should go in that direction. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I think the Cosmos needed another permissionless Cosmosm chain, and now we have it. I uh, just want to ask, is inter are interchain accounts enabled on Migaloo as well? Not yet. It will be enabled in subsequent upgrades. But we do have so Token Factory on Mainnet. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And we have packet forwarding middleware. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll have that as well. So that'll be, that'll be great for, for users that want to interact with that. Um, yeah, and then with interchain accounts, you know, with and IBC and WASMD and all of those things, it can also be used as a, you know, a starting chain for mesh security through Juno as well. So a lot of exciting things to be built up with both both chains there in parallel on the Cosmos stack. Um, if there's anything, I mean, Fundlaw from Complace here, if there's anything you want to add while we're on the kind of tech, technical side of Juno, uh, feel free to, yeah, I wanna, to give some opinions. I yeah. want to ask a question, Therese. Uh, congratulations, by the way, for the new role. Uh, just wondering, uh, the Instantiate 2 message in Cosmosm, is that in the update, wasn't, wasn't the 31? Do you, do you know anything about it? Yes, Instantiate 2 is actually in uh, Cosmwasm, Wasm D30, and we will have that in the next upgrade on mainnet. So All right, great. Hopefully here in the next couple of weeks we'll have that. And this also includes interchain accounts so that we, we have host and controller. 
so you can control via smart contracts on other chains and things like that. Yeah, great. I was actually waiting for that to happen because you know it's a hassle to uh, you know write custom write reply messages for for the contracts and everything. So uh, that's a really cool uh, cool addition, actually. Great stuff. Uh, thanks, Findler. Uh, hope you're well, brother. We'll, we'll, we'll have Complay on in during the project section of the call. A um, couple of governance recaps. Um, we have now converted Core 1 to an official sub-DAO, and we have two new members to that. Uh, everyone knows that news, but Max uh, Juno and Alex uh, Frey uh, from... Uh, from Juno, he, he, he's, he's, he's done so well with... Uh, with the documentation himself, he keeps those upgrades, um, keeps validators on check. I suppose it's a great addition. So I'm really happy about the additions to Core One. Um, we've went over V12 upgrade to stop governance spam. I can see a couple on the Commonwealth. Um, I suppose a good thing to talk about if anybody wants to jump in on this. But the grant for Nebula Summit in Paris in July. Um, I did an interview with Adair from um, Abstract OS, and we touched on like you know should we be spending you know uh, resources on incentivized test nets, or should we just be going more in the direction of like funding for conferences and hackathons and stuff? I don't know if anybody's got a good um, opinion on I, that. I would like to to get a chance up here. Uh, Hi, Joe. When you're ready. Hello. Yeah, I mean, if you're on the topic we're on, mate, feel free to add in. But yeah, um, if there's, um, what's your topic about? Um, the topic about is, I guess the 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 other side of the sword when you have a permissionless network, um, all of the scams and rug pulls that it attracts, and I think the idea that Juno has completely failed its community in. I know it can't not prevent it, that's the nature of it, but in calling it out and being clear about it, when it's, when it's, when much of the community has identified that it's a scam or a rug pull, you know, JunoSwap as an example was listed front and center on Juno's website months after uh, the team simply stopped building and I would go into the Discord and say, take it off the website. Take it off the website. There are new people coming to Juno. They are buying this token. They don't know that Git, there hasn't been code shipped on GitHub in three months. And I would just be jumped on and yelled at. And it was still front and center on the website. And there's, you know, I said the same thing about the whole Africa Water Project. And it's, it, there has to be a way to better communicate once a project is identified as a rug pull, or at least defunct, however you want to classify it, these projects. What I would say is permissionless chain means permissionless chain. It's hard to go in and verse every single project and be like, you know, predict what's going to happen with their project down the line. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not being rude when I say this, but you should be savvy enough to go in there and do your own research. If you don't like it, then don't buy it, you know. But JunoSwap was the DEX for Juno at one point. It's just sadly that they couldn't develop anymore. It wasn't a rug, do you know what I mean? It was a good project. There were good, good people involved in it, but, you know, just some things just don't happen the way they're supposed to. Reese, go ahead, please. Yeah, so I mean, the, the problem that you are specifying here is not a problem really with Juno, but rather with human nature when it comes to being allowed to do whatever you want on a chain. So even if Juno didn't do it, it would happen on another chain because this is human nature by default. So yes, you need to be more specific. And I do agree that some things should have been done quicker. And this is an area that you know I am looking at in from the documentation side of, hey, if something happens, and let's just say you know, a project fails or something, we probably shouldn't have that on the website. Let's have that done quicker. So I think you're right on that. Like, like totally, we need to have that solved. But at the same time, yes, there will be rug pulls. Yes, there are scams. But at the same time, we need to add the tools there to allow users to quickly be able to look at something and realize, hey, something's kind of wrong here. So like with Token Factory, we're not allowing users to create a denomination that's called Juno. Why? Because that would kind of be like a rug pull. Like, you know, hey, here's this Juno token. It's not really Juno token. So yes, we have these considerations, 
We're thinking through this with new features. And then, of course, can backtrack this to other areas of documentation, website, you know, Discord announcements, whatever we need to, depending on the, the unique use cases based off of the size of said, said issue in the ecosystem. Right. And I appreciate being given the platform. I, I just do want to point out that both the initial responses to what I said was, hey, it's permissionless and you should do your own due diligence. While I prefaced my statement by saying, I understand this is permissionless, but we need to do a better job at communicating once it's identified. So I, I, I do want to feel heard there. And I think Reese, you did a good job at responding. Uh, admitting that you need to do a better job and calling it out once it's been called out. Because we, we, you know what? Yeah, we can do our own DD, but if we want to attract new users, when you burn the bridge, when you wreck your reputation at the first chance, no, that is the responsibility of the DAO. You, you, you're not, that person's never going to come back to Juno and they might not even come back to DeFi. Yeah, I mean, I, I, talk, I get your point now. You're, you're talking post rug right you know calling it out for what it is afterwards is that is that's more what you're talking about joe isn't it? It, it it is because i i i was screaming it from the rooftops and i was being told to basically it's too bad um shut up it's permissionless you don't understand what permissionless is mm -hmm. um and i was saying no sir i do understand what permissionless is we know that juno swab is not no one is building on it, yet it's still listed on the website. Why can't we take it off? And it yeah, wasn't and, being taken off. And, yep. And part of that is the website is not permissionless, but the chain itself is. So, you know, you've kind of got that weird dichotomy with that. And so I definitely mm -hmm. agree. If you have things in the future, you know, DM me directly on Twitter and I will handle those things. If you have other things, you know, unrelated to JunoSwap or whatever's on the website, message me directly and I'll get that handled just so you know. And just to make it clear, Juno Swap was never a rug, by the way. It was just like, you know, you need to understand that it wasn't, it was not like, it wasn't a project that Juno invented. It was just people built Juno Swap on Juno. It was not a rug. It's just, that's what it was. But yeah, we've seen, we've seen other examples of it. And I do get your point, Joe, about, yeah, we need to clarify, get things off the website. But at the moment, it, not many people actually know this, but the, the website's been revamped as we speak. Um, so. It's all work in progress at the moment, but really, really appreciate you coming up and uh, raising your points, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me the platform. I'll turn off. Welcome, welcome. Right. Um, yeah, so if anybody else wants to touch on, we're on the same topic, uh, feel free, throw it all in. Um, uh, can't read that name there. Oh, Robbo, my friend, Robbo. Well, I, I, I was late. I do, I do apologise, dude. Uh, I didn't know if anyone uh, addressed the elephant in the room regarding uh, Aqua. Now, Aqua's in the room. We did have a conversation yesterday. I mean, it's it's really bugging people. And, and I think it's another thing of it. With Juno, like, if Aqua, if the shit's real, then we have a problem. Uh, if it's not real, we'll get past it quite easily. But like, dude, it's like a question of like, you know, the community are like trying to hang in there, but it's like not looking well or not going well. Uh, I don't know if you've talked about it, but yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame, yeah. Aqua, you you can have the floor, but I've seen some of the comments. Um, been reading up on the Telegram chats and stuff. You know, it's uh, if there's anything you want to say to the community live now, you know, request to speak. I'll just finish off the Commonwealth. Um, governance well you make a decision on that but uh, there was another draft proposal about treasury and savings vault for Juno community and holders I've not really looked into that there but yeah you can check it out and the link that that will provide afterwards Um, if we're okay just to move on yep, Aqua requested I'll just quickly get them up now you're, you're more than welcome going to add you as a speaker let's go so, hello how you doing oh I'm mate? doing I'm I'm uh, I'm doing all right man uh yeah, yeah. Just uh, I was I was finalizing. Uh, you know, over the last what I don't know. Gosh, it feels like a a month in the last few days. I uh, I definitely have seen and heard, you know, a uh, a lot. Um, and how I kind of typically deal with stuff like that in in life. I'm generally a, a very non confrontational person, and I for the most part just try to like stay 
stay focused on the work, what's within your control, so on and so forth. But it definitely got to a point where I was like working on this article with like, hey, there's all this documentation, this, that, and the other. Here's all the Google Drives. Check out all this stuff. And then it got to a point where everything got uh, super personal to the point where my parents are getting phone calls, my parents' home addresses. I got four death threats. All of my partners and affiliates that I've worked with, friends, are all getting phone calls, text messages you name it, and everybody's coming back to me. I've got people circulating other pictures of my family off of social media, all the all that fun stuff. Um, and for the most part, you know, I'm... Bro, 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 I'm, bro, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't, I can't go on because I've been on spaces for, like, you don't know how many hours for how many days you're talking about your fucking ass. Dude, we broke the story when your tokens got transferred before the 20 billion got minted. We broke the story on Rack FM live. Like, I didn't even know how you can come up in here in front of these people and try and insult people. And I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave now because I don't, I shouldn't be here. But this guy, the shit coming out of his ass is unbelievable. Can, can you clarify what specifically you're talking listen, about? Listen, I'm just going to, listen, both of you, keep a, keep a rest, right? If he's right to go on another space and just turn it into a shit show there, do it there. This is we're going to move on to a project section now, right? Yeah, I just appreciate you, Robo, for coming on and calling things out. I, but I get what you're saying as well. But let's move on. You can have a little opportunity to end with the community. For I'm sure. going to invite to the stage now the projects that we've got on to talk about development on. You know, we're not in here to argue with each other. It's as simple as that. Hundred percent um, with you, brother. I'm not. I'm not down to argue. I, I apologize that that uh, that that just happened. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely shut up. We'll put out an article uh, later today or tonight at the at the latest. But I do appreciate the, the time. Um, Complay, welcome to the stage. Can you just introduce yourself? Let us know what you're up to. What good things are you bringing to Juno, brother? Yeah, so uh, I'm Findler, by the way, uh, the co-founder of Complay. Uh, you know, just to recap what we've been doing and what Complay is. So Complay is basically a smart contract framework for building out NFT-based applications. You know, these applications can range from simple marketplaces, you know, event ticketing systems, uh, some, you know, uh, mu music system with royalties enabled, some uh, games, you know, the infrastructure for games. Uh, and we actually have uh, partnered with Urban Wars to build out their uh, NFT infrastructures on chain. Uh, so these past months, we've been building, uh, you know, different tools, different, uh, different toolkits actually to 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 make this big ecosystem so we have the framework uh it's already open sourced uh you can go ahead and try it on the testnet uh we also have a javascript library which you know you can use to create your web web pages you know server applications uh we also have this playground website where uh, you could go in and configure the project uh, the framework project to your needs, and uh, with that, I mean you don't really have to go to go to terminal, write a bunch of scripts, and that kind of thing. Uh, currently, uh, I mean these these past months we've been working on uh, our website called Marbu, which is an a gateway to to the complete world. So Marbu is basically an indexer that indexes all the all the projects that are created with the Playground website and Marbu itself. Uh, when you go there, you will be able to view all kinds of different marketplaces created by different projects. And again, those marketplaces will have their own, uh, have their own web page where uh, they can customize the look of it. Uh, they can create different collections, you know, uh, so collections live under a single marketplace so basically you know if projects wants to uh projects want to actually uh, create follow-up collections or you know collections that actually tie to each other uh they can do it on marbu which is uh what they can do with the framework uh since this is a framework you you will be also able to you know write your custom contracts uh register it to the project and you know use it that way so it's pretty pretty flexible uh, in in terms of the progress we're on right now uh in 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 the coming months uh we will put marble on the testnet so you will be able to 
go ahead, create marketplaces, you know, create different collections, mint some stuff, and uh, we we will be able to show the people in general what we what we've been building so far. Uh, and yeah, so this is this is where we're at at, at the moment. And how are you doing with well the progress in 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 Marbu? I've I've seen some like alpha. Yeah, looks so great. Um, uh, tomorrow it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, stuff. tomorrow uh, we're gonna drop drop in either an image or a video, uh, probably a video creating a marketplace uh, for a familiar network called Juno. So you know, expect that uh, hitting hitting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're gonna show how you can actually customize everything to your liking so uh, hopefully yeah uh, after that also you know uh, we're gonna uh, increase increase the images and the videos about you know creating collections and all the all the all the good stuff that you know this indexer this marbu uh, offers excellent uh, Findler, thanks very much for popping on and saying hello. No I, I love the work you're doing, man. You're fully dedicated. But I think Reese might have a little question here for you, mate. Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like you're a factory for creating uh, like marketplaces and NFT contracts. Are these going to be interoperable? Where, say, I, I launch a front end for my NFT contract and then have some NFTs on there, and you know another DAO or someone has another one. Can we have liquidity between these two, or is that not really a feature? So yet? at the moment, uh, because we're building this custom custom solution, it, I'm not sure if you're asking this, but it's not really compatible with the already existing projects. Uh, but I mean, within the Compul ecosystem itself, yeah. if two, there's two the, Compul projects, are these interoperable? Exactly. So uh, actually, it's like this. Normally, uh, the project actually communicates within but in the next updates after we launch marbu uh because we have this framework uh we will be able to uh you know implement a communication uh protocol between different complex framework projects and and then these projects will be able to actually you know uh exchange information between them awesome stuff thank you very much Fendler. Yeah. um Joe, you have a question there for him? No, no, I don't have a question for him, but I'll wait because I was going to ask about something that you had brought up earlier, if that's okay. We'll pop you on at the end then. If we're okay, just to move on to the next project, Findler, I do appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for for having me. Very much. Um, Post any links anywhere. Where do we find you? Uh, You can, yeah, you can follow this account. You can follow... Uh, underscore Findelor, and yeah, you can find me on GitHub, Twitter, Telegram, Discord, everywhere. Just type Findelor. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, no okay, so um, next up, uh, we'll, we'll, we've invited the clips onto the stage um, to chat about what these guys are up to. Um, Simon, checking Mike. Hello. Oh, sorry, your your sound dropped off for a second there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. How are you doing? Welcome to the stage. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what is a Cutchpad and what it's offering projects? Yeah, for sure. And uh, sorry if my brains are not working at 100%. Uh, it's still pretty early in the morning here. But um, yeah, so what is Eclipse Pad? So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty exciting question. So um, Eclipse Pad is a launch pad uh, for the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and, you know, we've built out, uh, you know, a full, uh, you know, IDEO launchpad for projects to, uh, you know, uh, sell to- public token sales and to uh, it, basically it's a community bootstrapping tool uh, for projects. Um, but over the last you know, couple months, we've uh, changed directions a little bit. Um, we've taken Eclipsepad down um, a few different routes. And part of that is due to uh, regulatory environment. Actually, give me two seconds. I'm just going to turn the Wi-Fi off because it's not uh, amazing. Sure. That should be a little bit better. Um, we, you know, we had some chats uh, within the ecosystem with some pretty big players, and um, with Launchpads, regulation is a pretty, uh, like, a pretty hot topic, and it's a difficult one, especially now with, you know, everything that's happening. 
um, you know, in, in a non-environment, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to do and we're seeing some other chains uh, kind of do this. Um, but from, you know, talking to, to like some bigger projects within the Cosmos space, there is definitely some project uh, like concerns around regulations and token sales and the regulations that come with that, um, especially, you know, when you're looking at, uh, you know, like a team that wants to kind of like launch their token and they're doing a fixed token uh, price sale. Um, sometimes it's like concerns that they're going to be labeled securities or especially if you're, you've got a project and, you know, I love, you know, there's the idea of, of crowdfunding, right, in, in crypto and especially when it comes down to raising funds and not having VCs. And that sounds, you know, like a great idea and it works well when you're in a kind of a closed loop ecosystem. Um, but actually, you know, when it, when it comes down to like wanting to build a big project or wanting to build a community, um, there's some certain things that can get you in trouble kind of like a few years down the track, right? Like doing token sales to US users and, and uh, things like that or, um, you know, doing raises, you know, basically token raises to, for projects that haven't built a product or, um, or maybe don't pass the test for security. So there's a couple of different intricate pieces. So what we did is, you know, we've really been moving down the direction more of uh, liquidity bootstrapping. Um, we will have the IDO and token race component as well. Um, and we do already have that built and that's all kind of deployed. Um, but we are moving down the direction of a modular launch platform. So we will offer multiple different modules uh, for projects to customize their flow. Um, it won't be permissionless. It's still um, going to like uh, you know go through a pretty a pretty vigorous vetting project uh, process. Sorry, um, and I think that's one of the most important things for a launchpad is being you know very selective with the projects that you launch. Um, but it's basically and and what is modularity in a launchpad? It basically enables like um, you know there's a couple of different launch models that you can utilize to launch a token. You can do an IDO, which is a fixed token price sale with a you know, a, a whitelist and token gating followed by, a, you know, a, a, a public round where, you know, uh, users can participate. Um, but then there's other modules like auction modules. Um, so one of them is Delphi's auction module, um, which was innovative, which is a liquidity bootstrapping auction, which allows the community to set the price. Um, those you still have to be fairly careful with because um, if they're uncapped and everybody just apes in and FOMOs in, the price can end up a little bit out of control. Um, but there's some variants of this auction module. We've seen this over in Arbitrum uh, being done fairly badly as well. Um, so there's a couple of definitely a lot of research that goes into these models to to getting the the tweaking done right. It's a little bit like game theory. Um, and then there's modules like uh, Lockdrop, right? So like the LBP, uh, the Delphi's Lockdrop. So that's another way that we can implement uh, like locking liquidity um, and then an airdrop module. So Ideally, like let's just say an example flow that a project could do, like let's say, you know, let's just say DowDow, for example, like let's say DowDow wants to launch a token um, and they want to, uh, you know, they want to do community price discovery and they want to, um, you know, attract, not even to raise money, but they want to actually uh, bootstrap liquidity for their token. Let's say they want to have, you know, the community like lock in some, some liquidity. <laughs> Um, so what they could do is an airdrop. So they could do an airdrop module first. Um, this is kind of similar to how Air, you know, Astroport launched. So do an airdrop module. They do like a, a airdrop, but instead of airdropping the, the tokens directly, it's kind of like a, um, the, the, the users have a, there's a few stages before they actually get the tokens. Next, they could do an IDO or they could do a, you know, a different method of distributing, which is a, like a token sale. Maybe that's to raise money or, or for additional uh, you know, liquidity. And there's a third stage um, they could actually do, well, this is actually a fixed price, not a community set price, but they could then do a lock drop, for example, where the, the airdrop users and the IDO users that purchase tokens or received an airdrop are able to lock in, um, you know, the, the DowDow token mixed with, you know, uh, USDC or Juno um, and lock it together for a set period of time in, in LP. And in return for doing so, they, depending on how long they're locked for, they'd get you know, they get from a portion of a pool. So, you know, there'd be like a 5% pool allocated to lock drop participants. So that's cool by itself, right? Um, but it runs into issues when it comes down to locking uh, liquidity for long periods of time, right? People are a bit hesitant to that. Um, that's where, you know, like the, obviously the, the DeFi NFT positions come in, uh, making the ability for locked investor positions tradable. So it's basically, you know, then be able to convert like a lock drop position into like a derivative secondary trading uh, NFT. 
and um, then trading that in the secondary market. So that's just an example of a flow. Um, the idea is actually to kind of play with this and enable uh, for you know different flows to be utilized, and then um, you know bringing in research bounties and dev grants to actually build new modules. Um, so that instead of thinking through like this is the way that things should be launched as a kind of centralized platform, thinking through like how can we actually improve launch flows and how can we kind of get good brains behind this to, um, you know, basically think through new ways of launching and, and things like that. So that's kind of like the high level concept of things um, and gives you a bit of an idea of the direction that we're going in, which I think is essential as a kind of as a tooling platform for, for launches. Um, and I think it, what we'll enable is, is, you know, other launch pads, or other launch platforms to kind of go alongside Eclipse because I think, you know, we're limited to the projects that we can launch. Um, but there'll be, you know, variants, maybe there'll be like smaller launch pads or different kind of uh, solutions to launch like high volumes of projects or things. So, yeah, that gives you an idea. Well, will you launch for chains outside of Cosmos? I'm just thinking of the broader crypto uh, environment to maybe attract more projects towards the Cosmos ecosystem? We will eventually. It's a lot of work to do that. So. I was even talking to Interchange Foundation about this and even they, like, because, you know, I'm in the builders, we're in the builders program. And, um, we you know, so we go through a lot of stuff and talk to a lot of VCs. And one of the biggest concerns that a lot of VCs have had, and it's come up many times, has been that Cosmos itself, even in its current form, is too small. Um, and, and it's why you see launch pads going, like, very multi-chain because of, like, it all comes down to deal flow, right? So deal flow is everything with Launchpad. Like you need to be actively launching, you know, three times a month, at, you know, two to three times a month at least. But when the market goes like this, you know, even in big in ecosystems like Cosmos, it's, it's fairly like there's a lot less projects looking to launch and your deal flow is constricted. So it's challenging. But I'm confident that with the, you know, the developments across Cosmos being, um, you know, cross Cosmos and, and launching for Cosmos, we'll have enough chains and, projects to um to launch uh, and even you know even juno and, and there's a lot of devs so i think just as the market turns that there'll be some opportunities um forging a lot of like very strong partnerships with some uh, dexes nothing i can announce announce yet but like through the cosmos will be a lot more prominent um and, and i think that's going to be i think launch pads people don't realize i think sometimes the how much value a launch pad can bring into an ecosystem when done right um, it, it's really an attention magnet, but it has to be branded the right way. So launch pads can be done, and typically the word launch pad has attracted a pretty bad reputation because it's the way it's marketed typically attracts like a very like a chilling crowd or a very speculative crowd, right? Um, but I believe that with like the ability to offer like more complex options like auction modules and things that enable. Um, you know, more like larger projects to launch or more sophisticated sophisticated projects as well. Um, it's actually going to enable to have like a better a better better crowd brought in from it. So, you know, for example, I've got you know core team at Synthetics as advisor on on for Eclipse, and you know some int very interesting players that would probably never normally get involved with Launchpad who um, are kind of helping work through the model. Sounds really good, and, and you're right. Yeah, launchpads are, are are a good way to bring in new liquidity. To I mean, look at Trust Swap and the last bull run. You had Polka Starter. These these were massive like info of liquidity onto these networks. It was ridiculous, and that's kind of why I I gave you a shout today just to kind of ask you see what you would do to benefit. You know, you know the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem. So I really appreciate you coming up and. And having a chat with us today, we'll we'll, we'll keep on following you guys' progress. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to add something real real quick. Of just course, just of course. Just just a last last piece. I mean, it's been a it's been a difficult few months, and I mean, um, I know there was a lot of pressure towards the end of last year to launch, and I think you know some of that got alleviated. And I wanted to really like drill down. I think I, you know there was a few times I was like, uh, I was like, look you know, when you're building a DAP, especially in this market and the market that we've had, like, you know, there's a lot of pressure and I know there's a lot of people that, you know, want platforms to launch, et cetera. Um, but timing your launch is really important. And I don't mean waiting for the perfect time to launch, but I mean, it's like also important not to rush certain things to market. And, you know, if we launched a token, for example, just for the sake of launching a token um, and then went through like a few months bear market, then it almost kills your project, right? Um, so for us, like the really the vision is actually to 
um, to launch some quality projects and, you know, build up the community, that sort of stuff, and then look to launch our own token once we've shown some tra- success and track record. I think that's a li- like a better way to do it. I mean, there's different ways, obviously, to do it. And, and we do see like tokens do well that launch on Juno early. But, um, you know, we really wanted to kind of, uh, you know, know that as well, like, um, in a bear market, launch pads are difficult. It is a very difficult product to build in a launch pad, you know, in a bear market because less projects building, right? Less project, or not less project building, but less projects launching. Um, so yeah, we're still around. We actually love to hear from uh, different Juno projects that are building. Um, we will still have a very strong vetting process, especially as we go into launches and stuff, and that's key. But definitely keen to hear from projects, maybe ones that haven't heard from behind the scenes. Just to start those early conversations, and and maybe it can help guide um, certain high quality projects uh, behind the scenes. I talk to a lot of VCs on a daily basis. I have a lot of VCs that ask me about Cosmo, uh, about Juno projects, um, and so they're around. So if you're kind of building, and you know maybe you need support in other areas, um, I'm happy to help point you know in the right direction. Got a lot of connections to market makers, VCs, accelerators, etc. So if any of that's helpful. Um, it's a lot more helpful to reach out than than just build in silence because then you don't have the support. So yeah, happy to help there. And I presume the best way to reach you would be just follow your Twitter and get in touch that way. Yeah, very active on uh, Discord, uh, Twitter. Um, you can follow Simon on on socials. I replied there, but uh, we actually just launched our ambassador program as well, so we got a lot of stuff moving for that. Um, so you see a lot more like action pick up, especially in the Discord and, and Twitter. Uh, but jump in the Discord. We've got some cool people in there and uh, jump on uh, Twitter, DM, and, and we'll answer that for sure. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Okay, we've got um, – well, I'm going to hand it over to the community now. We don't have much time left. I'm happy to extend it for a little longer. Uh, so, Joe, in the respective order, I think you, you were up first, mate. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about that, um, that Nebula Paris. That that budget, I took a look at the budget. Is that something that's going to be put up to governance for like a community pool spend? How does that work? I'm not actually entirely sure. I'm not the man to ask on that. Um, but yeah, there's a the chat about it was it be a good thing to do? But again, it's not my call and and what we're funding and stuff like that. But yeah, be sure to ask uh, any one of the core members on that one, Joe. Good point. Understood. No, I'm just saying people that haven't looked at it yet. I think. You guys should take a look, a good hard look at that budget. And it's great that they put a lot of detail in there. You could literally trace back every penny. But I mean, a lot of it's, it just looks totally un, unrealistic. And I hope that there's some negotiation before that gets put up to some kind of vote or even before it gets partially funded. Because like, do we, do we really need to be, you know, paying for people's alcohol giving away free t-shirts without first looking at like raising ticket prices or something like that. It's, it, the budget looks like a, like a bull market budget for, yeah. you know, not for a token that's sold off 99%. It's, it's to me, I hope there's a back and forth at least before that goes through, you know, 600 people free lunch, 600 people free t-shirts at $25 a shirt. It's, it's really like uh, just, it's a head scratcher to be honest. It's almost the same cost as Cosmoverse. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, a uh, community pool proposal. Uh, well, I really hope there's a back and forth with that. I mean, you don't want to shut down all the events for the year, but you know, something like that could be put on even in the United States for a fraction of the cost, maybe even a tenth of the cost. And you know, it's great that everyone wants to go to Paris, but we don't need an open bar tab and like free shirts for people that can afford to fly to Paris to take a a, a, a working holiday and then probably another holiday right after that. It, just, it doesn't make any sense in this in this market, and the fact that it's Juno, you know, Juno Juno foots the bill for enough, or has footed the bill for enough that there hasn't been much return, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Joe. To be honest, I'm just looking over it. I've posted the link um, in the Twitter Space chat there. If anybody wants to get a, a, a deeper look into that, um, saying you have your hand raised, the floor is yours, son. Yes. Hi. Uh, Sam, Sam, come here again. So um, just wanted to talk quickly about White Whale, give some updates because we are an application on Juno too. We run a validator. We have a DEX on Juno. We have flash loans on Juno. And there is, you know, very active arbitrage between Windex, Hoppers, 
and the white veil DAX powered by the white veil bots using the white veil flash loans using skip protocol. That's kind of cool thing. Just to give you a couple of updates. So we are ironing out our incentive contracts. So, so far for the last five months, um, white bell has been you know, building product first. Now we got the token and now we'll start attracting liquidity. So even though we've been, you know, after JunoSwap, the oldest decks on, on Juno, um, you know, Wind and, and Hoppers are getting all the liquidity, which makes sense because they have the incentives. But soon we have a third DEX in the game, which is the White Veil DEX. We will also um, do an airdrop for Juno real soon. So we did our airdrop on yesterday for the Whale Classic holders. So remember, White Veil, you know, has a history on Terra Classic. So we decided to do the right thing and give everybody who suffered in the crash their tokens back one to one and now it's time to you know say hi to our new communities which you know we have a stake in in the network or on the protocol level and that includes obviously juno so you guys will get you know you're on top of the list you will get the airdrop next week fingers crossed amazing Really appreciate the work you're putting in. Um, I love the project, White Whale. It's it's, it's awesome. Um, can't wait to get using it more frequently. Um, if there's any more from the community, um, feel free to raise your hand. I'm seeing it's quite a busy call now, so just bear with me and let me scan through. I don't see anybody raising hands at the moment. Okay, then. So I will leave it at that if everybody wants to... Keep in touch with Juno Comms, Dal. We've got a lot of things going on as well. Um, we're working hard. We're working closely with Reese on working on documentation and stuff. And yeah, let's push it out, push the narrative out there. And yeah, let's keep it real. And um, if there's any issues you want to DM anybody at Juno Comms, feel free. We'll be we'll be happy to answer and help out where we can. Um, good night, everybody. I will end the space now. If that's if that's okay for everybody. Uh, thank you for coming along and thank you for being such an amazing community and so engaging during such a bearish time. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Juno Community Call number six, organized by the Communications SubDAO, recorded on Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening... Head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support, yeah. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish, though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopiest of weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I gotta miss this. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do all right, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise of the super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while the wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Clark's a great guy, man, he's
totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel Spaces.